My name is Heidi and I love stories. Funny stories and sad stories and what on earth just happened stories. Well, as it turns out, the Bible is full of them. And after two decades in Sunday school, plus a master's in English, I'm here to tell them to you. Get ready. This is messy scripture. Yeah, so Omri's son Ahab is the worst. Ahab becomes king of Israel while Asa's still reigning in Judah. And Ahab is like peak bad guy. He does everything that everyone before him had done, all the same sins over again. Sin is not that interesting. And he also erected a house of Baal after he married a foreign wife, Jezebel, who, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, is going to cause some serious problems for Israel. Both Ahab and his wife, but especially his wife, Jezebel. Because she's real bad. But he erects a house of Baal and actually worships Baal, makes himself an Asherah pole, does everything wrong. And during his reign, by the way, Jericho was rebuilt and the guy who rebuilt Jericho lost his oldest and youngest son during the construction, exactly like was prophesied would happen back in Joshua. Anyway, King Ahab is being a disaster and so God sends a prophet. The prophet's name was Elijah and Elijah comes to Ahab and tells him this, that because of his sin, there will be no rain in the land of Israel for three years until he calls down rain from God. At that point, God's like, yeah, you need to go hide because Ahab's real mad. <laughs> so God tells Elijah to hide by the brook Cherith, and God actually sends ravens with food to Elijah every day until the brook dries up because there actually is no rain. There's a serious drought and it's causing a famine throughout the land. At that point, God sends Elijah to go live with a widow at Zarephath. He rolls up and the widow is collecting sticks outside her home and Elijah's like, hey, would you mind making me some bread? And she's like, I really, really can't. You see these sticks I'm gathering? I'm about to make bread with the last bit of oil and the last bit of flour I have. And my son and I are going to eat it and then we are going to lay down and we are going to die because there is no food anywhere. This is all we've got. And Elijah says, trust me, I'm a prophet of God. If you go in there and make food, there will be enough. If she gives Elijah food first and then makes food for her and her son, there will be enough oil and flour for them to eat as long as Elijah is there. There will always be a little bit more. So she goes and prepares a cake for Elijah and then prepares some for her and her son. And the word of the Lord comes true. A surprise in biblical narrative. God's word happens. Hooray. And the widow and her son and Elijah happily eat bread for as long as Elijah is there. I said happily. I should have been more specific. They eat bread happily for a while until the widow's son falls very, very ill. In fact, he dies of his illness. The widow justifiably lashes out at Elijah and asks why he came. Why did he bother saving them from starvation if her son was going to die anyway? And so Elijah asks for the boy's body and he begins to pray that God would raise this child from the dead. He lays the child out on his own bed and cries out to God in the same way that the widow had asked Elijah, why are you staying with me? Elijah asks God, why did you send me to her if you were going to kill her son? And then he lays on the boy's body three times and the boy comes back to life. God raises the child from the dead. And the woman now knows that she really does have a prophet living in her house. God's word is spoken through Elijah's mouth. 
Three years go by, and in all that time there was no rain in the land of Israel. God tells Elijah that it is time to go confront King Ahab. So Elijah sets out on his way. Meanwhile, King Ahab has sent a righteous man, Obadiah, who, by the way, when Jezebel went hunting all the prophets of God, Obadiah hid 150 of them and kept them fed and watered so that not all the men of God would die. Like, Jezebel committed genocide against believers in the God of Israel. You know, the country she was queen of. Obadiah runs into Elijah, and Elijah tells him to go tell Ahab that he wants to have a showdown. And Obadiah's like, here's the thing. As soon as I go to Ahab and tell him that you've shown yourself to me and where you are, God's going to teleport you somewhere else, and he's going to kill me for lying to him and causing him problems. And Elijah swears on the name of God that he will actually present himself to Ahab that very same day. So Obadiah goes and tells Ahab that Elijah has resurfaced. Ahab is like, okay, good. Welcome back, troublemaker. And Elijah's like, oh, I'm not the troublemaker in Israel. You're the troublemaker in Israel. You and your father's house. And here's what I'd like to do. Let's settle this. Elijah has Ahab summon all of the people of Israel and all 450 prophets of Baal and all 400 prophets of Asherah. And these were the terms. Baal and God were going to have a showdown on offering burning. The prophets of Baal and Elijah would each choose one of two cows, slaughter them, and prepare them for sacrifice. However, neither of them would light their own altars. Instead, they would have to call upon the name of their god, and whichever god responded with fire was the god that Israel should follow. The people of Israel also, by the way, agreed to these terms. The prophets of Baal went first, they prepared their offering, and began to cry out to Baal, and he gave no answer. Picture it. Elijah versus all 450 prophets are up on Mount Carmel. All the people are watching to see what happens. The prophets of Baal are screaming and leaping around and making a whole bunch of noise, and nothing's happening. And Elijah around noon starts to taunt them like, oh, maybe Baal's out to lunch. Maybe you guys need to call harder. Oh, maybe Baal fell asleep. Maybe you guys need to yell louder. And so they start slashing themselves with swords, doing everything they can to get Baal's attention. But here's a spoiler. Baal don't exist. Baal don't got no attention. And eventually they gave up. At this point, Elijah asks for jugs of water. Not little jugs. Massive, massive jugs of water. And he soaks his altar, digs a trench around it, and fills the trench with water. And then he kneels down and prays to God that God would show up and show the people who he is. And fire immediately came from heaven and consumed not only the bowl on the altar, but the altar. Stones and all There was nothing left of Elijah's altar, and the people saw it. They saw that God had freaking come down in fire. Like, think about this. The God that had been a pillar of fire in the desert, the God that they'd forgotten about, shows up and consumes the offering. Water, stones, wood, and all. And Elijah asks the people which God they'd rather serve, and they're like, the God of Israel. You know, the God that they literally say, the God of our country. And Elijah's like, well, then let's not let the prophets of Baal escape. And so all 850, the 400 Asherah prophets and the 450 Baal prophets, were killed that day by the sword. The people didn't let a single one escape, and Elijah killed them by the brook Kishon. Then Elijah tells Ahab to go get some lunch because rain is coming. So Ahab disappears, and Elijah goes up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he prays for rain. He sends out his servant and tells him to go look toward the ocean and see if there's anything there. The servant comes back and says, nope, 
So Elijah sends him seven more times. Anything out there? Servant says, nope, until the last time, the seventh. The servant's like, yeah, there's a cloud about the size of my hand up in the sky. It's kind of out there. And Elijah's like, oop, time to go. So he sends word to Ahab that he should get in his chariot and get going to the city because otherwise he's going to be flooded out and won't be able to make it home. And then God's spirit rushes upon Elijah again, and Ahab in his chariot is outran by Elijah, who has picked up his skirts and sprinted all the way to Jezreel. Basically, Queen Jezebel had tried to wipe out the worship of God by killing all the prophets. One single prophet manages to not only have his God show up and show off, but uh, all of her prophets are dead. And when Ahab tells Jezebel what exactly Elijah had done, you know, while the rain is falling for the first time in three years, Jezebel sends a message to Elijah. She's going to kill him the next day. And Elijah, after seeing what God has done and seeing the way that God showed up at Mount Carmel, uh, is terrified and runs away. (laughs) So now Elijah is hiding out from Queen Jezebel, who is hunting him down by name. And Ahab has been utterly defeated by God. Next episode, we're going to catch up with Elijah, who has fled for his life, find out what happens with Queen Jezebel, and find out what's happening down south back in Judah. There won't be any episodes of Messy Scripture until after the New Year's holiday, as I'm taking off some holiday time to celebrate with family and friends, you know, like you do. Until then, you can catch up with Messy Scripture on the podcast app or on my website, and who knows, maybe I'll even find a way to get it on other podcast platforms. Catch you then, and have a very, very merry holiday season.